Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of 10 in 10, the official podcast of CX Loop. So what makes this such a special episode? Well, this interview was packed so full of interesting stories and insights that I decided to include an extra five minutes of bonus content from the interview. You're welcome. Our guest for the show is the amazing Greg Curcio, Director of Customer and Performance at Knox City, founder of Romney Tour Tech, and as you'll find out, former candy bar worker at the Village Cinemas in Baronia. In this episode, you can hear about what installing 5G towers taught Greg about community engagement, why it's okay to kill your projects, how a jewellery shop in Istanbul led Greg to create a tech startup, and much, much more. Remember, if you enjoy this episode, please give us a review on Spotify or just shoot us a message on LinkedIn at CX Loop. Without any further ado, introducing Greg Curcio. So Greg, you've got over 20 years experience in CX. You've worked across everything from local government to banking and tech startups. Can you tell us what you're doing right now? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me on the program. Really appreciate it. Uh, right now, I'm the Director of uh, Customer and Performance here at Knox City Council, so uh, Eastern Region Council, um, responsible for making lives of 163,000 people um, uh, happier and, and more engaging, and my role specifically is looking after uh, a lot of the corporate service functions outside of HR and finance. That includes strategy and planning, business improvement, transformation, community engagement, uh, customer frontline services, technology, governance and risk, and of course, customer experience. And so working across so many different industries over the years, what's something which has surprised you about customer experience? There's a lot of similarities across industry. One of the surprising factors for me is how much effort companies are still having to go through to convince executives and workforce and people, boards, that CX is the number one priority for any organization uh, to build trust and to grow your business. That still surprises me. Um, I guess the so similarities in those challenges are still within each of the industries to varying degrees, of course. I, I think there's been a lot of progress in that area, but um, that still surprises me, I think. On the one hand, you're overseeing customer journeys with Knox City, but then on the other hand, you're taking people on real life journeys with uh, Romney which is a, a tour <laughs> tech company. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you founded that. Can you tell yes. me a little bit about how that came to be? Yeah, no problem. So that project that um, one of my friends uh, started back in 2016, 2017, and we were avid travelers when we were younger. But yeah, it was a frustration that we had that, you know, when we were traveling, we weren't really given the most authentic experiences or stories within that local area. And um when we did, it was usually from a local, someone who was living there for a while. And every time we'd go back and have a wonderful discussion or chat around our travels around the copy or around the table or anything, um, it was those stories that was the most interesting, most engaging, and uh, really taught you the most about where where you were living. We said, well, why is it so difficult? Our, our experience was quite, was reinforced when we went on to a, a tour, um, on a tour bus. We were in Turkey and Istanbul, and we got driven around the streets for for about an hour and, and at the end we got shoveled into a jewelry store <laughs> which was owned by the cousin of the of the of the tour guide operator and was locked in there for a period of time to make us buy whatever they wanted it wasn't really an authentic experience so i came away from that video and experience saying well it wasn't really very good but others had a completely different experience so from that logger how do you kind of gamify this how do you kind of bring this to life and uh and and we thought well why don't we create a 
a publishing portal. Some people can upload their stories and tell their stories and their own journeys and experiences. What is the best CX lesson you've learned either from Romy or the rest of your career? Actually, I'm going to draw upon something that happened in the last 24 hours here at, here at Knox. But for this example, last 24 hours was was something that, that really stuck with me. So we have a, a planned 5G tower uh, from Telstra. Telstra has asked us to to put that in. And this is all freely available information. It's on our Have You Say website, which we we generate this community feedback. and what what eventuated was was a very very strong response for the community, um, particularly for those who do not believe in the benefits of five G, and actually quite the opposite. They think it's quite a, a, a health risk. And it just so happens that in that place, and we also have a kindergarten there, and we've got quite a number of um, houses around there. And and we did a mail drop of a five hundred meter radius. It must have been a couple of hundred houses. And we we literally had probably 25, 30%, almost 40% response rate, those people who arrived. And they were incredibly passionate. Some of them were quite angry. And I stood back and I said, well, this is what it's all about. Standing in front of a crowd who are passionate about their local area, about something that's going to affect their lives and being able to take their feedback, provide that into a council report and ensure that their voices are heard and are del- appropriately deliberated on in council chambers. That to me is, uh, I think is, 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 a, is a privilege to be able to, to, to see that. And of course, very honoured for, for, for to be in a role that's able to, to, to have those processes and be able to help facilitate that feedback for the things that are very passionate in a community into a decision-making process. And and thus, I think the power of local government and the importance of CX and community engagement is that through that, irrespective of what the outcome will be at the end of May, uh, we've built up a relationship and trust with those customers and uh, and, and, and that, will, that will put us in good stead later on. And it does make me wonder whether you've noticed people have become much more passionately engaged with their communities since COVID. Uh, I know there's uh, sort of that conspiracy element that goes on, but it does sort of still show that people are wanting to be involved with their community and having their voices heard. Absolutely. I I think community engagement is increasing. A lot more people are getting involved in their local area and local decisions. And, and that means that the more people involved, the diversity of those discussions able to come up with better outcomes for the community. My role isn't to dispute one person's opinion versus the other. Uh, My role is to make sure that everyone's heard and that those voices are represented in the reports that we make to council as part of that. So that's why customer experience, community engagement and getting it included and being inclusive of those comments through these decision-making processes is vitally important to establish trust within the community so they come back and give you more. And the more that that happens, the better the decisions are going to be made and the better experiences people are going to have with their local councils. What's something you think people often get wrong in customer experience? I think um, assuming that the experience should be the way that it should be based on limited engagement and feedback from people. I've seen a lot of great ideas once they go to market or once they get made, it just doesn't doesn't work because either the engagement or the voice of the customer just hasn't been taken into account early enough in the design process and assumptions have been made from from folks that quite rightly think that I suppose is a good product or a good process or a good service. Um, second is uh, resting on on your laurels, I suppose, is, is once you do have success with a service or a product, not having the courage to go back out there and, and um, 
and re-evaluating that. So I give a really uh, you know, good example of, of this in local government is that every four years we have a community and a council plan, which is a great strategic piece of work that is done at the start of every councillor term. Uh, we help facilitate that. We have a very heavy engagement voice of the customer program at the start of that. We then put forward a four-year program of work. And then to me, I think the industry still pours a bit of concrete over that plan. And you said, oh, we're going to deliver that program for the next four years. And, and there's this kind of cultural element which is deeply ingrained in people's passion to deliver that plan because that's what they want to do. They want to deliver for the community and that's where they we all get value from. But I would flip that around to say that, you know, two years into that plan, are, are those ideas still relevant? Are those ideas still needed from the community? The hardest cultural element is, is sometimes that we face is to look at your own plan and say, well, actually, maybe that's not as relevant today than it was two years ago. And I'm I'm okay with that because the community needs something else. They want something different. Absolutely. I can see how that could be a very frustrating thing and something that takes a lot of humility to say, okay, not as relevant as it was once. We've yep. got to go back and do it again. Yep. And, and I, I made that mistake with, made that mistake with Romney as well. We had great market pickup at start we iterated we iterated but we never really fundamentally went back to that original value prop now that we have a little bit too late now now we have to pivot and think of something else i think i'm probably way too proud um to, to not do that sooner so it, we can all fall for that trap well hey it takes humility to admit that tell me what is your definition of good cx design constantly engaging with your community or your stakeholders your customers around that um and being genuine in the way that you take their feedback on board and, and adapting it that's one thing and then i'm going to completely contradict myself and say that sometimes sometimes you just need to still an old line from a, my early days as around just get it into production just get it in there and see what people can do and think and and play with and and test it work with the community don't be afraid of the people not using it um, and again that humility to to you, you know if you've got a bunch of hypotheses that you're going out to the market or to to your service or your customers with and they prove incorrect eat that humble pie and go well, you know it was wrong yeah let's try it again let's do something else you mentioned the voice of the customer earlier on i believe you're you're also doing a talk about the voice of the customer at the customers show yes i am yes yes yeah um i was wondering what what do you think is the best way to embed the voice of the customer into your organization oh geez we probably need another hour to talk about this this is one of my passions as well uh, um, and it's so funny, you always go back to the most recent example that you're dealing with right now. And one of the challenges is is, is we have a lot of projects being delivered here at council, and uh, but we have a lot of operational projects internally as well, or changes to services that we want to provide our, our, our customers. I think the challenge and, and the need for voice of the customer to embed it is within your, your design and delivery processes. It's not something you do separately. It's actually part of the way that you design the way that you work as a team, the way that you use that voice of the customer to help you inform yourself. And I think local government is one of those places where it's 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 a fantastic place to commit yourself to that because you do have to go back out to the community and say, look, this is what you told me. Here is what we've changed in the budget or a product or a service. This is what, the, and this is how it impacts you. If you don't do that very well, you know, you, you get a lot of complaints. And, and the publicly elected officials are the ones that, that um, are really interested to make sure that, that happens. So we make a concerted effort as part of the decision-making process to embed VOC as well as community engagement feedback as part of the decision-making process. Uh, but here's the challenge. How do you do that at scale? That takes time. And so uh, we, we are investing here at Knox training around voice of the customer, but also training around IAP. 
IAP2, which is our, our community engagement framework for senior leaders to ensure that we have the ability and capability to embed this in the way that we work. You mentioned before the interview we were chatting and um, you said you were a part of building the CX team at the city of Stonington. I was wondering, what, what sort of people do you look for when you're building a CX team? Type of people I look for got to have this innate attitude around helping people because essentially CX is about helping people to make things easier. That level of empathy that that you need to listen and to analyze that and to act on it. So me, that's number one. Number two is has to be has to be very strong and in, in data driven and insights and and to draw patterns and themes from a whole raft of different inputs and sources. And the third is exactly that, leadership. Um, those leadership capabilities and being able to nudge people in the right direction, but not overtly. It's going to be um, it's going to be with a sense of doing it together. And I think those are the attributes that I look for. Honestly, I, I you know, if they've got some degrees around CX and they've studied it, that, that's fine, but it's got to be couched in a very practical leadership and behaviour, analytical and empathetic way. That's what I look look for. And and in, and in particular, if they've got those qualities, then, then you know that they're going to get along well with their colleagues and peers because that's just the way that they do their job. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you bring up degrees as well, because I think out of all the CX leaders that I've interviewed so far, I, I don't think any of them started out studying CX. It's all just been sort of a natural extension of who they are, and they just found their place within CX. It's yeah, nice, I, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. My, my first job was uh, working at a cinema. Village Cinema is actually here at Knox and, and Baronia, and uh, you know, I was a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed 14, 15-year-old, 15-year-old, um, cleaning cleaning cinemas, ripping tickets and serving at the candy bar. And, you know, i, I got to say that, that was a really good founding experience for me, dealing with customer complaints and serving people on time and, you know, with a smile on your face and listening to people's issues and things. So, yeah, I think naturally I think we do gravitate to some of these things because I just think people do want to help each other out. It's, it's just been taking that next step around dealing with conflict and different opinions and how you synthesize that within an organization to get the best outcome. That in itself is the skill and can be taught. But I think I think everyone can can be great at CX. Um, I think some people underestimate themselves. We're on to our last question here. Can you finish this sentence for me? The future of CX is... Now? Now. Interesting. It's now or not something that is going to be coming. It's now. Organisations and people capability have to focus in on what that capability is around CX today. You know, a lot of things are happening in the news around, around AI products that are bursting bursting into the mainstream. You know, I know we've heard about a lot of them uh, previously, but you know, they've hit the mainstream now. You've got fourth generation chat GPT, which can do phenomenal things. You know, there's there's a lot of chatter around well, what what is the future of work and 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 what is the role of humans in doing these jobs. And um you can't AI emotional intelligence. Well, I don't believe so. You can't AI empathy. Um, you can't AI looking at someone in the in, in the eyes and 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 telling them that you're listening to them and helping them through a, a problem and finding them a solution, and that's happening today. If you and and if you're not um, and if you're not concentrating on those capabilities today and you're only focusing on the technical stuff, 
I, you know, you're at risk of that piece of technical work perhaps being taken over by an AI, but the actual value add as humans is on the CX, the community engagement, building relationships, building that empathetic understanding of a person's need and the problem to solve. So um, so that's why it's now. We've got to do it now. And from, from board level all the way down to a person who answers the phones or picks up a shovel, is is that that's what you've got to do. Greg, it's been fantastic to have you on board. Um, no worries. Absolutely loved hearing all your insights today, and I'm sure I've got a, a big job with the, the edit after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of 10 and 10. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as that. If you want to read bonus material or connect with Greg, then check out the full interview transcript at cxloop.com.au. If you think you'd be a good guest or you just want to say hello, you can reach me via my email, tom at ft-group.com.au. Bye for now.